0: Welcome to the Nature Backed Podcast, where we are talking about climate change and the green economy. My name is Tarmo Verkim, and today I'm speaking with Sam Kamani, host of WebFree Podcast and VP of Growth at Cookbook, a web-free tools maker. Good morning, Sam. Welcome to the Nature Backed.
1: Good morning, Tarmo. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure talking with you.
0: Tell us in a few words, what do you do? What's your background?
1: Yeah, sure. I'd love to tell, um, share with you my background. Grew up in India, studied computer science, um, as you do, um, but quickly realized that I'm a natural extrovert. I love talking with people, hence I'm here right now <laughs> um, and meeting people. So then I went into marketing, came to New Zealand to study marketing, and then started an e-commerce company um, because I loved um, learning about how to reach people, how to sell to people, and and so on and so forth. Um, grew it to a seven figure business. Exited that. Then worked in esports in San Francisco as COO of a esports company, and that got acquired in 2018. Um, after that, I wrote books on tech startup, like the 30 Day Startup. Um, that tens of thousands of people bought that on Amazon, um, and I ran a podcast. Um, where I used to interview startup founders, as well as VCs, investors, angels. But about a year and a half ago, I realized that, you know, I have known about blockchain. I have built MVPs and just dipped my toes in that space for a while. But a year and a half ago, I realized that, look, this space is drastically changing how humans interact with each other and what's happening and um and just how decentralization is is changing the nature of things so i really need to go into this also most of my friends from um, who, those who are working for google for amazon for linkedin they were leaving their jobs um, in really hyper tech tech jobs and leaving their stake just to start their own Web3 startup, that's when I realized, you know, this is for real. There's so many smart people coming into this space. So many new projects are going to be built and um, so much value is going to be created. So that's when I left everything. I closed down my other podcast, started a podcast on Web3. It's called Web3 with Sam Kamani and started advising startups in this space and one of the startup that i was advising is cookbook.dev that's um, the startup that i joined um about six months ago or just before it launched um as one of the founding members so there were three co-founders and i was the the next person that i that joined that team um what we do is we have a library or um Like a collection of smart contracts that people can source. So, say someone wants to create their own token or like a voting DAO, like a decentralized autonomous organization or Or any type of NFT, they can source a template and just copy from that and deploy it in a few seconds instead of spending weeks. So, just like you know, Canva, the software where you can design from templates. So, the same thing we have done for smart contracts, Um, we have um, broken down the time it would take for someone to develop from scratch or start from from nowhere. Um, So, start from zero. So, that's the platform we built. It's called cookbook.dev. And um, yeah, we are just in the middle, just as I was uh, sharing with you earlier, middle of our pre seed round. It got oversubscribed. So we'll close it within a week or so. Um, But it's been a super exciting journey. Um, So yeah, so here I'm. Ask me anything about, um, if you want, about blockchain, web three, and all this.
0: Yeah, basically connecting the kind of your software background and marketing, then Web3 is kind of natural combination, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Because um, Web3 is so much community-based. And the other things that I have seen with Web3 is that by its own nature, it is permissionless. So anyone can build on it. It is very open source friendly. Um, and that's just the nature of blockchain. It is not a bug. It is the part of the design that anyone can look at the data on the blockchain because these are public blockchains and build on top of it. You don't have to wait for the company to give you an API access before you start building on those APIs. So, so I naturally gravitated towards this space. And and yes, yeah, so that's here I am.
0: <laughs> it sounds natural for you. The uh I mean, many people say that Web three is uh, basically a marketing uh, spin. Is is web? What is Web three for you?
1: The thing is that Web three is more of a general concept, such as well, like internet or mobile technology or um, or cloud computing, which is made of lots of different technologies, just like AWS has over 4000 different services that you can access on AWS so and they're all they all live on the cloud so it's all just cloud computing so so because when it's a general subject like this it is quite hard to define it and web3 is particularly particularly hard to define just like uh, previously they used to define it as web one is just static websites read and write which was the website um, internet of 1990 then came the mid-2000s where it was Social media networks like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all these came around and it became read, write as well as share. And then they say that Web3 is read, write, share as well as own. So you own in form of tokens and things like that when you interact with the platform itself. And then you those tokens give you governance rights and how that platform is being run. So if you do not like something, you can vote for it. Just like as I think I was sharing with you earlier that um, we have one. Um, tens of thousands of dollars in grants from organizations such as ENS or Binance or um, NounsDAO. DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. And every time, the reason we won is because the community voted for us. So because the community holds their own tokens and then they said that, hey, we like this project and there's some not only us, there were more projects that won as well. So they divided. They chose maybe the top six projects to give out um, a funding grant to to help those projects continue to build um, public goods. So so these sort of things are now possible in web3 which weren't that possible so i do feel like web3 is a lot more democratic but it is still extremely hard to define because people used to just call it crypto or people used to just call it blockchain or different names so it's just a different name as long for me the name doesn't really matter what does matter is that does it give you the ability to do what you want to do um and and get value out of it so that's yeah
0: yeah, and in in a way, uh, all these kind of the big uh, headline names for something are kind of branding exercise, yes. anyway, just like the Web yes. two or Web one. Where I, I have yeah. to say, I was last weekend. I actually found myself on a website of Web one, or maybe it was Web zero point five. <laughs> it, it, it was built in two thousand and one. It was like, wow, this wow. kind of stuff is still on the internet
1: really it's very interesting so there is something called the wayback machine or something like that and you can go on the and then go and search the archives and see how the same company's website looked back in the days so you can see how amazon looked in early 2000s or google looked in 2002 or something like that
0: but the uh the connection point of web3 uh dao crypto yes. It's it's a lot of uh, different terms, and uh, there is some overlap, some linking of those. Yes. Uh, we we either had just or will have shortly an episode dedicated on DAOs fully. Yes. Um, what's your take on DAO? Is it changing the world? Is it, um, I don't know, the future of uh, central governments? Or, what, how no, do you no see? not at oh. all. Not at no? all.
1: Uh, no? No, because the thing is, we are still in very, very early days. Most people in the world have not interacted with a DAO. Ask anyone, you know, go to your local supermarket and ask that checkout teller, hey, which DAO do you belong to and which DAO do you contribute in governance of it and stuff? No, people don't have that that time and mental energy, so... um, so the main purpose of dao is is like the governance side of things and and the ability for people to vote um in in some cases anonymously in some cases not anonymously with their wallet address you can check who's voted um how i would consider the DAOs would work in future is that, you know, you have a company, you have five people in, in the company or 20 or 50 people, and then you create a DAO out of it. And then every time um, your company makes profit, maybe 20% of the profit gets goes into the DAO and everyone gets an equal amount um, from that. Um what's in the DAO, basically. So that that's one way of DAO to work and profit sharing between employees. I mean, this is just all theoretical concepts. You can do how you want to, um, or you could structure it in the way you want to. You could have it give everyone some sort of voting rights or governance rights That that who will be the CEO of the company, everyone will vote. Everyone has one vote, 50 employees in the company. Whichever whichever person gets the most votes um, wins that um, CEO's position in a way.
0: But to me, this sounds like, uh, you know, classical democracy. Classical democratic country could be run as a DAO.
1: It could be theoretically. But let me tell you, it has shortcomings just like any democracy (laughs) has. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) like i'm sure you know Uh, we've seen a few clowns yes yeah (laughs) yes so um let me share with you one practical thing that i have seen that happens in this Mm. um there are lots of solutions as well but one thing that does happen often more and more is that um how so initially I mean, we are all running experiments. All Everything is an experiment in this world because it's all so new. Um, as I was sharing with you, most people, like I cannot ask my mom that, hey, are you part of a DAO? No, she does not know what MetaMask is, what a digital wallet is. <laughs> she has no idea. She can barely log into Facebook, you know? <laughs> um, mm. So um, so the thing, what happens is that there are, um, how it all started was that, okay, I create a company, I create tokens and that. And then the more you interact with my company, I'll give you more tokens. So who interacts more? So it's like, okay, some people with more money are interacting more because they're maybe buying certain assets, they're selling more, they're trading more, whatever their cause. You know, if they, it's an art gallery, they created a DAO, then the, only the, the richest of the rich people could buy that physical art pieces and then they gave um for they had the biggest transaction volume so then they were awarded the most governance tokens in that um in that dao so um a lot of the tokens were awarded based on transaction volumes and things like that so then there are few people there which are called whales could own like you know um, there's only 1 million tokens and 600,000 of them are with one person so then the remaining 400,000 people who own one token each their tokens are meaningless when the voting is it's only one person deciding so it is no better than complete autocracy autocracy, like you know like dictatorship exactly so, so it is, I mean, so then people are trying. So then they're saying that, okay, we will make it weighted. So um, only one wallet. Um, does not matter how many tokens you have in that wallet one wallet is equal to one but then there are products and there you can have multiple create multiple wallets and you can divide your <laughs> um, tokens in that and you can gift it to multiple wallets that you own and you could do things like that so then it again becomes more complex so these are all things that we are still figuring out like the whole industry is figuring out then once again then there is another layer of this that, okay, we can do KYC you know, um, anti-money laundering laws or know your customer so that your um, passport or driver's license or whatever your identity is associated with your wallet address. But then that defeats the purpose of democracy. You know exactly which person voted for that. And then if you're a company of Twenty people and then you know that only one person didn't vote for me and then you know that okay he's, he's the one i need to fire <laughs> so next time i cannot be voted out so it, it is challenges just like any democracy there are mm. challenges i won't say that any any dao is perfect uh, so so there are there are um ways so that um of doing that that maybe the waiting is is low so okay you got 600,000 votes. instead of that we'll count 5,000 you know um, they'll be discounted or something but you still have a larger voice because after all you are the most valuable customer of the product so you should have a bigger say so there are ways that it will eventually figure out and um, eventually the best solution will win because that will create a more meritocratic environment that serves the company more or the organization. It's um, more, so mm. so there is still hope.
0: <laughs> that's that's good that there is still hope. Uh, talking about hope, uh, I mean, looking out the window in Estonia, at least the snow is down there. It's called winter <laughs> in the web free world. I think it's called crypto winter. What's your yes. take? Uh, is it kind of, are we all going to die or is there some hope in this well?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's better. Crypto winter is better than nuclear winter. <laughs> um, so I'm not, not too worried, <laughs> not too worried at all, even though I work in this space. Um, I have been in this. So in 2011, um, just to give you a bit of my history, I was trying to set up a miner for Bitcoin on my laptop. And, and... <laughs> And it was so complex and it was like I couldn't figure it out, just trying it on my own um, without any prior knowledge. And I was going to LimeWire to download software to be able to do that. But even by that time, it had gotten quite significantly complex that you needed a good sort of a pc with graphics card and even in 2011 12 so so i never managed to do it or create anything and i gave up and i got virus from the software i was trying to download on LimeWire. so i was like okay this is too complex no real person is ever going to use this technology um this is complete you know use i mean waste of my time gave up on that and then again after 2013 14 i tried again and then the whole um mount gox thing happened and all those i don't know if you even remember those sort of things (laughs) um so mount gox was a big exchange that crashed and burned kind of thing and then um again the upswing happened later in the 2015, and then again, downturn, crypto winter. Then 2017, 18, it um, came back again um, with a role. And that's when I um, was creating MVPs in the space and playing with crypto kitties and stuff and all that. And in 2018, the downturn happened again. Um, and then once again, in 2020, the whole um, NFT, 2020, 2021, the whole NFT scene Um, came into popularity and the dows came in 2017-18 i remember it was the it was the ico boom and all that um back then so so i've seen and i've lived through um, at least three or four of these upswings and downturns every time the current downturn um the price is same or higher than the previous high of the previous cycle so i have seen that and There is one thing that is very different that has happened this time that has never happened before, and that is that in all previous downturns, the number of developers building in this space would reduce. This downturn, the number of developers building in this space went up, so that was very interesting that it has hit a critical mass, that number of people creating solutions in this has gone up significantly. So that was a very interesting thing that I found that, okay, that now we will continue to get amazing solutions that we haven't seen before. Just like when the whole Bitcoin idea and everything, the whole blockchain was new 12 years ago, let's say like 2011, 12 or 10 or something. No one thought that billions of dollars of um. Currency will be traded in exchange for digital art on blockchain on a public ledger. No one even thought of NFT, no one was thinking. The whole reason why Bitcoin was came because came was because of the, you know, people were burnt from the financial markets and the banks and stuff, and then banks not doing well, and then government going and rescuing them and with taxpayer money. And so people weren't, some people weren't happy with all that sort of scenario. Um, They weren't thinking of NFTs back then, but these solutions came um, and now NFTs are used for access, whether it's access as tickets or access for freight or logistics or whatever. And and it will continue to evolve over time. And and that's what happens with any technology. It continues to evolve um, often over time. So,
0: yeah. what do you see are the main reasons why the number of developers has continued to increase is it just the critical vol- critical mass of this sector or i mean i would if i would be coming into the sector and seeing the headlines i would be at least a little bit shocked
1: um uh, so um uh, yes and no but the thing is what has happened is that um people who are coming into this are always have been Because they want to um, go into the line of sort of where it is more open and where things are a bit more decentralized and it is a bit more permissionless. And I have never experienced in my life working in software and all that things, how fast they're built in Web3, how dynamic they are, how fast things move. And how the average company size is so, so small, you know, it's all two or three developer companies, like two or three people companies, and they can create such big, massive game changing software in this space. So that is one attraction. And then the second is that during the last upswing or the boom market or whatever you, however you want to call it, crypto summer or um, um, or yeah, mainly the bull market, there mm. was so much money that went in that. A lot of the startups, they raise millions. Like, you know, some raised 20 million, some raised five, some raised 50, some raised 100. But there's thousands of startups who raised that amount of money. And they were not stupid. They didn't just spend it. They didn't just burn it. Um, They weren't gambling with that money. And they spent it on developing software, developing good software that solves problems for people. And they are continuing to do that. So it might take two to three years before those solutions will be out. And so they are continuing to hire. They haven't just returned that money to their investors and gone home. Um, Mm -hmm. Just like in the 2021 bull market, all the multi-billion dollar projects that you saw, just just like OpenSea or Uniswap or any of those, they were built, they were started, in the previous downturn in the 2019 downturn and so people have learned this and they have seen this that okay this is the time to build and people who are building now they will create the next um billion dollar startups or multi billion dollar startups in the next 2 years or 3 years mm. so so that's what's happening
0: mm. that's so cool to look forward to so yes. what what will after web3 what will be the web4 kind of uh
1: (laughs) oh i have no idea (laughs) i have no no idea at all the the thing that is the hottest right now is is ai which i'm sure you know of like you know everyone is talking in the headlines
0: a little bit yes
1: yes so um yeah you are you are very humble you have a very good sense of humor but yeah pretty much it is the it is the hype at the moment and Mm. everyone the thing is that it is nothing new ai i mean like how when was the turing test from you know people have been researching it for over 60 years 70 years and and it has been it's like um open ai when when was open when did open ai start you know everyone's talking about chat as if it is like yesterday but it's not it started what 6 7 years ago or 8 years ago and and it's still um pretty much all the ai software that you are seeing a version of that has been available in the last two or three years. It just has become yeah. mainstream overnight. Um, exactly. It is just like sometimes things happen slowly for ages and and when and in explode. media and stuff you have seen that um, yeah. j- just because of the media and stuff it has exploded, but it is it is nothing new. It will continue to evolve and and go. Uh, I mean and the thing is all software will use a aspect of AI. So it's mm. like we have an infrastructure projects uh, like what we do. So you can create smart contracts on our platform. And then the documentation, um, because developers hate doing documentation and writing documentation. <laughs> so the documentation is created by AI. So that that's like, you know, um, one way to, to use it. And a lot of um, software will use AI in the backend to fulfill mm. things.
0: Of course, it makes so much sense. The same lo- same logic uh, or cycle thing happens with a with a metaverse uh, buzz, and uh, to me, yes. it looks very much like a second life of the twenty twenties.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah, Met- metaverse is um. I would say it's interesting. Um, and I talk with lots of interesting people in this space. I was talking with vice president of Polygon um the other day, and one of the things that he was saying in his view is that that every time a new technological innovation is followed, or it is it comes after some new hardware innovation. So software innovation comes second, hardware innovation comes first. It's like, you know, you can't have Instagram if you have the brick phones, like, you know, the old school brick phones, Motorola and all those. So you can't have, uh, because you need the camera system to be evolved enough. And then you need the 4G infrastructure and internet infrastructure to be evolved enough to transmit the images otherwise you, you don't want to be connecting on a modem and waiting 5 minutes to see someone's picture of someone's breakfast <laughs> so mm. so so yeah every time it's like the hardware innovation comes first and then people build software on top of that so with metaverse we don't still have a universal hardware that is accepted by humans no one wants to wear those big glasses and be covered in and not see what other things are happening so until we can make them like the glasses that you are wearing, which convert at a flick of a switch into into metaverse to back to regular, um, it's not gonna happen. Just like you know, Apple AirPods changed the game. It's like once the AirPods came, came they are so widely accepted now. Mm-hmm. And if if its own standalone company, it would be a very big um, one of the major companies in itself from the revenue that apple mac makes from airpods and and i mean there's other alternatives as well but it is very big and people listen to podcasts and stuff Mm -hmm. in fact someone might be listening to it right now on this one exactly
0: exactly. yes uh just a quick comment on instagram i think if we would have had instagram during the 2g era i think it might have more content for the brains like, less of for the example? less for the less breakfast pictures, and maybe people <laughs> would be kind of investing more in uh, your upload time of the of the pictures. Anyway, yes. uh, wrapping up as this uh, show is still called Nature Backed, even though it's a web free yes. season. Connecting the two, you've talked a lot with a lot of people in the web free space. How much mm-hmm. they are kind of conscious of the environment?
1: It's. It's they are very conscious in a way, I'll I'll tell you why, Um, or why I have high hopes for this space to be highly environmentally efficient, because um, even commercially, environmental efficiency makes sense. So, you know, businesses, you say, if you are running a business, you are always cost conscious um because the goal of the business is not to lose money <laughs> um otherwise you will have no business very very fast <laughs> so so that is the number one goal so if you have two technologies available one technology consumes 100 megawatts of power every single minute and then the other te- um other technology which consumes 0.1 um of that in the same time with the same output which one as a business would you invest in so the answer is very clear you know because you have limited funds you want to spend on staff. you want to spend on other things so um over time the the most efficient solution wins by itself and that is what we have seen happen even currently with as ethereum moved from proof of work to proof of stake, um, it reduced its energy consumption by over 99%. And Ethereum is a layer one, and there are lots of layer twos which work and use the security of Ethereum and then work on top of that, which even reduce it further, the, the need for energy and power and stuff. So overnight, all crypto became like 96 97% more efficient um, so there are still some larger um things like bitcoin which work on proof of work however bitcoin is not used for transaction no one is transacting in in bitcoin they are using it to as a to hold value so it is like um you know no one is paying anyone in bitcoin what people used to pay these days or they use is a stable coin because it doesn't have fluctuation so they use stable coins to pay and when they want to build things which um soft, or what do you call which layer 1 network has the highest number of developers in the world and it's ethereum um and it's by miles ahead And then it's all the EVM-based chains. So it would be um, Ethereum and Polygon and Binance, and and lots of them, they are based on that. So um, all the solutions are being created on these sort of technologies, which are getting more efficient um, by the minute. And in fact, it is reaching to a point where it is getting more efficient than the traditional um financial ecosystem and stuff. Um, uh, because this is sort of um pure meritocracy and pure capitalism at its um uh, at its best. Um, the problem happens is because capitalism is often tainted by by monopolies um and stuff, but in this it is very hard when it is completely public um to, to do that. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good point to wrap up. Thanks, uh, Sam, for joining. And uh, thanks to all the listeners who stayed with us for this interesting chat.
1: No, it was fantastic. It was thank you for this opportunity. It was great talking with you.
0: Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh,
1: got this chair. No, it's
0: just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels
1: again. The...
0: On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric
1: acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day?